Hello, and welcome to Editor's Note, where we play a long game of what if with our favorite and least favorite forms of media. I'm Jordan. I'm Sawyer. And I'm Charlie. And let's get into it. Today, we are talking about Sleepless in Seattle, which is a 1996 film directed by Nora Ephron. 1996? 1993. 1993. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Casually bringing yeah. justice to Meg Ryan. Yeah. 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 So, this movie, I'll do a quick plot summary. Um, kind of a lot happens, but basically... Uh, the plot follows an architect from Chicago named Sam Baldwin um, as he relocates to Seattle with his eight-year-old son Jonah after his wife dies. 18 months after his wife's passing, Sam is still grieving and his son is concerned that his father is never going to find somebody else to love. And so on Christmas Eve, Jonah calls in a radio talk show hosted by a psychologist and says that he wants to find a new wife for his dad. And the psychologist is really eager to hear how Sam has been dealing with his grief because, I don't know, I guess it's good for ratings. Ratings. Um, And so Sam kind of reluctantly describes the love that he had for his wife Maggie and the, like, sort of magic that their marriage had. And... While he's doing this, thousands of listeners across the country to this radio show um, become enraptured with the words that Sam is saying, and they all kind of become convinced that Sam is, like, the perfect man. And they're, like, captivated by this love that he had for his late wife. Um, One of these people is Annie Reed, who is a journalist from Baltimore. Annie is engaged to a man named Walter, but after hearing Sam describe his instantaneous love for his wife, this sort of, like, magic moment that happened between the two of them, um, she starts to have second thoughts about her upcoming marriage. Um, and so she sort of starts, like, this kind of obsessive quest to kind of, like, meet Sam or sort of get connected with Sam in some way. She sends a letter to their house, like a lot of other women that are convinced that Sam is like the perfect man. Um, She is a journalist, so she decides that she's going to write a story about the this specific incident on the radio show. And so she ends up traveling to Seattle to try and get an interview with Sam. Um, And she sort of just has like this kind of idealistic idea about wanting to to meet this man that she believes is would be like really really good for her and like a great pairing because her relationship with her current fiance is kind of um subpar subpar it's boring he's sort of he's super straight laced and kind of unromantic and she's looking for this magic that has been described um by the people around her and by sam on the top talk show and so in the letter that she sends to sam she tells him that if he wants to meet her they should meet at the top of the empire state building on valentine's day at sunset so they can meet when jonah reads this letter he becomes convinced that annie is the perfect woman for his father but sam has already entered like a sort of hesitant casual relationship with this other woman that he met in seattle it's so so annoying oh my god (laughs) yeah no offense but like she's just not for him 
Yeah. Or I, for you, and that's I, okay. I, I felt kind of bad for her because no, yeah. she's not she's not a bad person. It's she, just they, like, they play up, like, this kind of annoying laugh that she has just mm-hmm. for the sake of, like, yeah. well, she's got this annoying laugh, so every time she laughs, Which like, is why I think she's a bit annoying, but I also, yes. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you're gonna say no to someone because of a laugh, well, Yeah. I mean... I mean, it's like I understand, like, that it can be kind of grating, but also mm-hmm. it's like it's such, that's somebody expressing joy. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why, yeah. like, I kind of try to always cover up my laughs whenever I laugh just because I'm afraid that somebody's going to think it's annoying. No, I kind of too. I, I snort when I laugh. So a lot of the time I don't, like, I give kind of like a ha 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 instead of like a genuine laugh because I'm afraid, because in middle school I was called Miss Piggy. And <laughs> oh no, that's sad. That's so mean. I know, but that's like why I feel bad for this woman is because they compared to her, her to a hyena. I was compared to a pig because of my laugh. You know, I I don't know. I just I feel for someone who's just like she really likes his jokes and she thinks he's funny and she thinks he's a mm-hmm. sweet guy and she unlike all the other women actually know him. Yeah. And he's and I appreciate that the main character. Is like I I think she's nice. Yeah. It kind of like how Annie feels about her fiance. Like mm-hmm. he's nice. Yeah. I'm gonna try to see if this works, and it's not working for either of them. But they aren't like, because I feel like her fiance's allergies would be my thing. It'd be like mm-hmm. I don't know if I. I, I can liked deal. the line in the airport when um Tom Hanks's character. So I'm pretty sure it's Tom. It's either him or his son, but basically he was like. It was something to the effect of she plays with her hair a certain way and he doesn't know why, but he wants to figure out why. That's a I really good line. I loved that line. Yeah. Because, like, yes. It's, like, a perfect that. encapsulation of, like, what dating should kind of be. Like, you don't know everything about this person, mm-hmm. right. but you're willing to and, solve that mystery. And you want to know why. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about that more. <laughs> but, um, so... Annie tells Sam in a letter that they should meet at the top of the Empire State Building, and Jonah becomes, like, kind of obsessed with finding Annie, but, um, Sam is already in a relationship, and so he's, like, obviously, no, we're not going to New York to meet a random stranger. Um, this upsets Jonah, and so Jonah decides that he's going to go to New York, um, on Valentine's Day. Anyway, Annie has sort of after she travels to Seattle to try and meet Sam, she realizes that her kind of obsession with him and his existence is, like, kind of hopeless. And that to have a happy life, she really should just try to, like, settle for her current fiancé. And so she goes back to Baltimore. Um, and she ends up on a date with Walter in New York City. Um... And she keeps looking at the Empire State Building, like, thinking about what could have been. And of um, course they get the window seat right where it's, yeah, like, right dead. They're, like, in a really tall building that's, like, mm-hmm. right in front of the Empire State Building. And so she keeps, like, thinking, well, what if? What if he's there? What if mm-hmm. What if he's waiting for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she ends up explaining to Walter, like, it's not you. It's me. And I, I've gone through all this jur- like this journey to try and find this man, and um, I just, I just need to see, I just need to know. Um, and so Walter's like, I get it, you know, I don't want to be somebody that 
you have to settle for. Yeah. Um, and so I think we should just go our separate ways. And I it's love Walter's it's character. very yeah, it's very peaceful and mm-hmm. unanimous. Yeah. Um, but Annie, she rushes to the Empire State Building. Jonah has already been at the Empire State Building for like hours looking for her um, and waiting and hoping that she's going to show up. Sam is back in Seattle. He's worried about his son. He doesn't know where his son is. He's gone missing. He realizes, after learning from one of Jonah's friends, he realizes that Jonah is in New York. So Sam follows Jonah to New York, to the Empire State Building. Also kind of important, they had just had a big argument, too. Yeah. Which is, because literally, like, it's like argument, and then Jonah disappears and is somehow already on the flight. And then, like, he can't find him when the babysitter gets there, and that's what, like, really tips him off. Yeah. Jonah and Sam, they get into a fight about, like, Sam's love life, kinda. And so, Jonah had already decided that he was going to go to New York, but now he's, like, fully decided, yeah, I'm going. I don't care if my dad comes with me. Yeah, he, he, he gets out of there. (laughs) Um, and so... Sam finds Jonah at the Empire State Building just, like, sitting there, kind of destitute because Annie didn't show up. Jonah's like, I really thought she would come. Sam's like, I'm sorry, son. Let's go home. Um, And they leave. They head back down on the elevator. Seconds later, Annie shows up and gets to the top of the Empire State Building, and she finds that nobody's there. And so she feels kind of silly. She's like, this is so stupid. I just broke off my engagement to come and maybe see this guy that probably never even showed up. Um, and so she's kind of staring out at the New York horizon line and she's feeling sad. And then she looks down and she sees this lone backpack that's on the ground. And so she picks it up and she's looking at it and she sees this stuffed bear inside of it. And then she turns around and she sees, guess who? Sam and Jonah. Jonah who forgot his backpack on the top of the Empire State Building. Conveniently. And she realizes that this is the man that she's been searching for. And Sam realizes that this woman, he's seen several times um, in Seattle. He saw her at the airport when she was trying to go visit him. He saw her on the street when she was, like, trying to go up and get an interview with him. Um, And so he is, like oh my god, it's her. And she's like, oh my god, it's him. And so she goes up to the, up to them and she's like, hi, I'm Annie. And Sam's like, hi, I'm Sam. This is Jonah. And so then they shake hands and then they keep holding hands and they walk down back to the elevator of the Empire State Building. And then they supposedly live happily ever after. Yeah. So kind of, kind of a longer summary, but there's a lot of there's stuff that happens. details. Yeah. It's a, more of an emotional story, so you have to go through a lot more of the plot. Yes. Yeah. Emotions are tied to every single detail that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why this movie is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about characters now. Um, so Sam is kind of our leading man. He's cynical because he's, you know, he's recently widowed, um... He's sarcastic and kind of funny and clever. He's an architect. Um, And he's hesitant 
but open to getting back into dating after Jonah calls into the radio show. So he kind of seeks like assistance from his co-workers, from his friends in Seattle to figure out how he can kind of like get back into the dating game. He doesn't really care about the letters that he's receiving from all these women across the world because he wants to meet a woman the traditional way by asking her for a drink or for dinner. Go off. Um, so, excuse me, my stomach. Jonah is Sam's son, who's eight years old, and Jonah is really clever, but idealistic and eager, and he wants to set his dad up with, like, the perfect woman. And so he willingly gives out their home address to the, uh... Entire radio station. To the entire radio station, so (laughs) women can send letters to his father. Um, and, yeah, he's just, you know, he's a cute kid, but he's kind of an instigator of everything. Like, he kind of, he kind of makes everything happen, sort of. Um, Annie is the journalist from Baltimore. She is sort of sappy, and she wants, like, a perfect romance with somebody who's, like, romantic and magical, but she kind of believes that it can only happen in movies. She has this one very specific movie that she just really, really loves that she kind of, like, aspires to be, but kind of knows that it's ultimately not realistic. Um, she wants to like her fiance Walter, but she just can't get Sam out of her head. So she, um, you know, keeps pursuing Sam, despite knowing that it's a little bit silly. Becky is Annie's best friend, and she's level-headed, but she's sort of an instigator of Annie's obsession with Sam. She, you know, lets Annie know, like, when Sam's going back on the radio, she sends the letter that Annie writes to Sam after Annie, like, throws it in the trash. So yeah. they, they, Annie wrote a letter and then kind of is like, this is silly, I'm not sending that, and she throws it in the trash. And then Becky sends it anyway, just as kind of like a, haha. Yeah. Look, look. Becky's kind of silly. It's silly, but I, I appreciate Becky. She's a good friend to be like, you're not crazy. Because all these other women are also doing it. Like, they feel a connection with this nice man who loves his wife. That's not, like, a... That's not a silly thing to fantasize about of someone who's, like, yeah. really loved his wife. That's not, like, a silly thing to, like, want that love, too. And I appreciate Becky. Yeah. And then Walter is Annie's fiancé, who's straight-laced and nice, but not very romantic. And he doesn't have that spark that Annie definitely sees in Sam. So that's pretty much all the characters. The rest are kind of all minor. We'll get into the things that are good about this movie. Um, It's pretty funny. It's got some, like, good... It's got a good balance of, like, emotional and comedy so it's not like devastatingly heartbreaking but it also has some moments that are like oh that was definitely very tender um but then it balances out with some good jokes Mm -hmm. um one thing one scene in particular that i really really loved was sam describing his wife on the radio show because it really does a really great job of like describing of showing why all these women like are in love with him because he just like the the dialogue is just like really really beautiful the way that he describes yeah. her he says like these um he says like he gets asked like what did you love about her and he goes like oh 
a thousand different things that all added up into one amazing, beautiful woman. And so it's just very poetic and beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that one of his, one of the things that he loves about his wife is that she can, uh, like, cut an apple, like, cut an apple skin all the way around. And then when he says that, Danny's doing that. Yes, yes, I noticed that. That was such a great detail. That was such a good detail. It's got, the movie has a lot of, like, small details that make it good. Um, and I also thought that the scene where he's sitting on the couch after he puts Jonah to bed and he sees his wife, like, next to him and he, like, is talking to her. Like, he knows that she's dead, but she, he sees her and he's just like, we miss you and I wish you were here and Jonah misses you. And so it's just like, yeah, it was just really tragically beautiful is what I wrote on my notes. Um... I think that Tom Hanks's character, Sam, really does, like, a lot of... Not that I'm... Like, I'm not discrediting the other lead in any way, but I think that his character, like, kind of does a lot of the heavy lifting for the movie. For the emotion, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he is the heart of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his... All of his dialogue, specifically, is, like, really... Is really eloquently written, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is not... Like, the other dialogue that everybody else says is not bad by any means, but his specifically has, like, sort of a certain, like, prose yeah, to it that it's really yeah. nice. It definitely yeah. seems like there was one of the writers or maybe one of the editors has maybe lost someone and, like, really just connected to that character, like, specifically mm-hmm. to be, like, I don't know, just almost describing their loved one. Yeah. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true or not, but it just feels like there was someone that has had a similar experience to at least losing someone and having a kid or, like, having to, yeah. like... Yeah. I also just like that it was, like... It's not that it wasn't focused on Meg Ryan. I can't remember her name. But Annie. Annie. Um, but I liked how it was more focused... I liked how it was... It felt almost more focused on Tom Hanks' character... As well as, like, his character wasn't, like, a traditional, like, rom-com boyfriend. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the leads are very, like, traditional rom-com characters. Yeah. And Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks has have played love interests before, and I feel like mm-hmm. I've noticed that with every single one. Like, when they're in a movie together, it's, like, very interesting like, the character dynamics are very different than a lot of rom-coms. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's, they're just magical, or maybe they're just good mm. at picking their roles, but I, I agree. It's not like he, he's not, like, the golden retriever boy, mm-hmm. or, like, yeah. he's, like, the edgy, like, misogynist man who, you know, like, I yeah. don't know. Like, it, she was the only one who, like, mm-hmm. made me a good person, and it's, like, he's just a guy that loved someone and lost someone yeah Yeah. and he's sad and 18 months isn't enough to forget yeah a person it feels more adult yeah like it feels like that's an adult emotion and that's an adult and this is rated pg yeah and yeah even though it like doesn't have anything that's like wildly inappropriate it feels just like i don't know yeah it it doesn't feel like you're watching something that like like i wouldn't show the movie to a child i could but I wouldn't because mm-hmm. it's like, how are they ever going to understand like the 
just the complex the, emotions. Yeah, the kind mm-hmm. of grief that's being portrayed. Yeah. So, it's a, yeah, that's definitely good. Um, Annie's funny, is what I wrote. <laughs> Meg, Meg Ryan does the heavy lifting for the comedy. Yes. Her yeah. character is kind of silly, and it, like, she knows kind of the position that she's in. Like, she's like, yeah, it's kind of insane that I'm, like, obsessed with a guy that lives in Seattle and I live across the country. But she kind of leans into it. Mm-hmm. And so... And she desperately wants to work it out with Walter, but and she tries. It's just that she doesn't... She just can't feel anything yeah. there. And so she, like... Right before she goes to the Empire State Building, she, like... She's registering with Walter in New York. And she's, like, making all these compromises about, like... Oh, I love that we know what the same number of place settings that we want for yeah. our registry. I can't believe that you got me the perfect wedding ring because, you know... You it, listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she kind of makes, like, sort of, like, a remark about, like, how bad it would have been if it would have been a surprise. And it's sort of, like, implying, like... She, I, she like would have liked settling. a surprise. Like, yeah. she would have liked a surprise. Like, she would have liked maybe something a little bit out of the box. Like, mm-hmm. maybe being able to be introduced to something new. But Walter is not going to give that for her. He's very predictable. And he's very... I don't know what word I'm looking Cookie for. Cutter. Yeah. A little bit. I think he's definitely... He's, like, so scared to make the wrong romantic gesture mm-hmm. that he doesn't make any at all. Yeah. yeah. Like... Yeah. Which is almost worse. Yeah. Yeah. He's scared to make a risk because their relationship's already good, Mm -hmm. but he's scared to do something that could either make it great or make it worse. And Mm -hmm. so it's just stuck in this mediocrity. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, not to blame Annie, but I'm guessing it's kind of been like this for a while. So she could have, you know, tried to do something Mm -hmm. as well, but because now they're stuck in this pattern. Yeah. Neither of them are yeah. very satisfied, which is yeah. why the breakup feels just sort of like, well, I don't want to be your second choice. Yeah. Honestly, good for him. Yeah. Um, and then my last good thing is um, that the banter between Sam and Jonah is, like, very entertaining. It's, <laughs> yes. It, every time they talk to each other, it's very funny, and it seems like, I don't I don't want to say realistic because I have, like, no way to measure the realism of, like, their relationship. But, like, it Mm -hmm. seems sort of realistic for the situation that the two are in with Maggie being gone. Like, there's kind of an unsaid, like, we both really miss her. Yeah. But Jonah is wanting to move on. Sam is kind of wanting to cling to the past. And so they both know that they're kind of both going through this sort of thing that they're going through Mm -hmm. and that but they don't talk about it and instead they have like a really nice father-son relationship that's very sweet but also very funny yeah so i like that it doesn't take a little take like the trope what i feel like a lot of things do where when like a parent leaves um like the child almost gets kind of like neglected and like the father definitely the father goes into like maybe becomes a drunk or like alcoholic yeah. or something of or that or just nature. kind of tries to turn off all emotions because the pain of losing mm-hmm. someone was too hard yeah. and that's something that happens in like the early stages of grief mm-hmm. but like i am not a parent 
But what I've heard from parents is that being a parent for a lot of people, it just kicks in that no matter what, I have to be the parent in this situation Mm -hmm. and I have to just push past whatever adversity is happening Mm -hmm. um, because it's my kid. And I appreciate that that's kind of what's happening here Mm -hmm. is that Sam is first and foremost a good dad. Yeah. um, Which is another thing. That like, why all these women are attracted to him because everyone loves a single yeah. father, but I don't know. I think a lot of like, a lot of like stereotypical things would be that they don't move at all and that like he would just get sucked into his work. And I appreciate, I know what Sleepless in Seattle and they started off somewhere else, but I appreciate that he was like, no, I have to get up and move somewhere that doesn't remind me of my wife. I thought that was not only very like adult but also realistic. Yeah. Like, he wasn't the traditional dad that threw, his, threw um, himself into his work in order to get away from the pain and then by then neglecting his son. It was very much like, hey, I have to do what's best for myself and Jonah. Yeah. I and think Jonah. A, I think a less talented script probably would have taken that route. Oh, of like, for sure. Yeah. It's like... He's a workaholic. He's a man, so he's gonna <laughs> repress all of his emotions about his dead wife, and he's gonna neglect his son, and then his son, wanting to get attention from his father, is gonna set him up with a woman, and then she's gonna save the day. And yeah. so... Literally, that's a yeah. rom right there. Yeah. yeah. So... That is the plot. Applause for not doing that, which yeah. is yeah. kind of a low bar, but mm-hmm. whatever. Any other things that we're in love with I in this movie? I really... I just really liked Annie's character overall, but I liked how when, um, like, the therapist was kind of egging him on just a bit, she was mad at that. I liked that a lot, because I feel like a lot of, like, rom-coms, like, things like that would not be, like, the character would not be mad at. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's, like, a criticism of the psychologist, like, trying to pry into this man's yeah. life. Yeah. Which I appreciated. Yeah. Like, that would have just been, like, accepted, like, no, like, it would have just been, like, like... Or because she's, like, into him, she wants to know more about him, so mm-hmm. she's, like, willing to kind of let her, like, ethics kind of change to get to know him, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that, too. I like that... Sorry. Would you I'm good. Okay. My, my, the last thing I really liked is that... Um, unlike a lot of rom-coms, their work isn't their personality. Yeah. Like, she's a journalist, and she has journalistic instincts, but that's not who her character is. Mm -hmm. Because, like, her character would be, like, I'm a book-smart journalism person who is, like, writing all the time, and I'm, like, tracking him down, and I'm kind of cut off from emotions, because, like, that's kind of, like, the journalist, like, archetype. Mm -hmm. Then he's, like, I'm an architect, and I like to work with my hands, and I'm just a man, and I'm gonna build things, and blah, 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 and maybe I might get injured, because sometimes it can be dangerous, and blah, 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 and I appreciate that they're, like, it's just something I do for money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, obviously, they both really like doing it, but it's, like, that's not my personality, yeah. It's Plus, like they're not, like, I mean, I guess Annie is more in the workplace because she's, like, talking to people in her workplace, but, like... She has a personality that's, like, she's going other places. Yeah. She's not stuck in the office. hmm Tom Hanks' character, um, I think we only see him, like, actually in the office, like, maybe twice. Yeah, he's at other people's houses, mm-hmm. so sometimes it's hard to be, like, 
is he at a friend's house or is yeah. this like his work but i do appreciate that like well like we see him at a bar like with his like work yeah. buddies which is realistic and like i just like that he was like an architect but he's more so a dad than like like yeah yeah all of them wear a lot of hats mm-hmm. which is why i don't know which is why it feels good to mm-hmm. watch yeah yeah <laughs> they don't just have one personality trait that leads their entire life. Yeah. Like, every action they have, you could see them making a different decision because they wear so many hats, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which is how everyone acts, is that you have many different facets of your personality that pulls you in different directions. And also, your actions have consequences in parts of your life. And it felt like... Because, like, with Annie, it's not just, like, oh, I have a fiancé and I'm in love with this guy. It's, like, also, this guy's kind of distracting me from my job. I'm also kind of closing off from my friends because I'm really into this guy. But now I'm kind of becoming closer with my one friend because she mm-hmm. is under... Like, I don't know. Same yeah. with Sam. Different context, but, like... Mm-hmm. It adds to the adultness. Yeah. Like, it... Yeah. Also, I liked how they did... So, they did the thing where they both have the same conversation, but it's, like, they have it with different people. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. It's like the, it's like women under 40 or, or over 40 are less likely to get married or something like that. How they, they both talk about that statistic, but in a very different way, um, which I liked. Yeah. Like kind of things like that, like mirroring mm-hmm. yeah. of their two lives to kind of like show that they would be a good pairing, even though they've never actually met each yeah. other. Also, I don't know if this was intended to be a joke, but when... Um, the girl was talking about the rom-com and how it, like, made her tear up or whatever, and then, or, it probably, it was probably just a romance movie, um, like, the movie that it's, like, loosely based on, um, and then the guys are like, oh, that, like, why would that make you cry? And then they start tearing up about some some sports (laughs) thing. I was just like, that is how you do that type of, like, that, yeah, juxtaposition. And they're, they're kind of, like, making fun of her, Mm -hmm. but it... I think, but it's it is also like kind of. And then funny. she's just kind of like sitting back with her arms crossed. Actually, I don't think her arms crossed, but like, like yeah, yeah. Different. You as the viewer or her in that yeah. situation. Cause, yeah, because then they do the exact same thing with like the the two little kids. Like the the, yeah. the little girl is like talking about the yes. exact same movie and she starts to cry. <laughs> and the Jonah is uh-huh. like, I don't the get Jonah. it. I don't get it. <laughs> And so it's it, the like reuse yeah, the they, reuse of that joke is kind of funny. They do yeah. it three times and three is the magic number when it comes. To, it just hits every time. But they do yeah. it. They do it well. Is the thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, like you're supposed to hit. You're supposed to repeat the joke three times because each. But if you do it more than that, it's less funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, they they just they do the golden mm-hmm. number so yeah. well for so many different jokes and for. Mm-hmm. Also plot. It's just, it's well written. If you haven't seen it, even though we've described every part of it. Go watch it. Still yeah, watch it. Watch because it. the performance mm-hmm. is what makes this film. I will say, the writing. I don't, like, love that, like, I liked that joke a lot, um, obviously. But I just don't like the trope when it's, like, women crying over romance movies. Yeah. yeah it's I a little. hate that it's, joke. It's... I understand for, like, when it came out, like, 1993. I understand it. I just like I've never cried at a rom com movie, and oh, or right, like yeah. a romance. I don't cry at movies. Often. La La Land. That's very basic of me, but <laughs> no, 
I mean, I agree, but then they do the... Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it is playing into gender roles of them crying over, like, a sports yeah. thing, it's, like, men also get emotional about mm-hmm. silly things. It's like, like, sports are silly, rom-coms yeah. are silly, mm-hmm. and though it's gendered that, like, only girls cry at this and only boys cry at sports, yeah. it is sort of, like, humans are silly people that look down on other interests that people have, even though we all mm-hmm. are fascinated and get emotional over the, like... We get emotional over very weird things sometimes. Yeah. So it does play into gender roles, but because at least it shows that both... Mm-hmm. Everyone that they've portrayed is just silly. It kind of... It makes it... It makes yeah. it better. It could have... Mm-hmm. It would be changed if it was made today. Oh, Yeah. But it at least isn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. I, it maybe helps that they kind of have, like, Sam as kind of, like, a... Instigator. Op- opposite, opposite of, like, the archetype of, like, we talked about, like, oh, the man, yeah. when his wife dies, he gets really into his work and he starts drinking and neglect- neglects yeah. his son. Instead, mm-hmm. he's, like, a very caring He's in tune with his emotions. And he very much feels this sadness about his wife leaving. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. like, they can kind of do that other type of joke because Men they're also... Emotions. Yeah, they're also what? acknowledging, like, look, this guy, he's sad. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I also do like that they didn't overplay the sadness. Not that, like, somebody with that happening wouldn't be super sad, but I feel like you could see that he was sad, but you could also visibly see him trying, which I appreciated a lot. Yeah. It wasn't, like, overplayed. Like, mm-hmm. it, there was a lot of subtlety in it, which just it made it, like, better. Like, mm-hmm. that, that very first scene where he's at the office and the guy walks over and he's like, here's a, you know, he's a grief therapist. Here's, yeah. here's, here's a card. And he pulls out, like, the the stack. giant stack of cards that other people have given him mm-hmm. to try and get him some help. And he kind of, like, he kind of goes off on the guy about, like... As he should. But then, but then he, like, pulls back and he's like, don't mind him. He just he's just the guy who lost his wife and he's talking about himself. Yeah. So it's like he he knows that like that was mm-hmm. maybe not like the most appropriate yeah. reaction. And you never see him like full on sobbing, crying in the rain at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which maybe, you know, it would have been yeah. bad, but it would have been like very it very would, melodramatic. Yeah. Even though that is a genuine emotion like thing that happens where you're just like sobbings uncontrollably yeah. when you lose someone because it's in a rom-com it would feel disgenuine yeah and just mm-hmm. overall filming someone sobbing just feels not yeah. genuine be- but seeing someone try to overcome grief and get through grief is genuine it feels genuine because mm-hmm. it's like you're not seeing the emotion you're seeing yeah. the reaction due to the emotion. Does that make sense? I, I mean, know. acting is all about reactions. Yeah. But. but. And even, like, because they skip forward the 18 months to yeah. when they're actually in Seattle, that kind of helps with it a little bit, too, because it's, like, he's not crying, but he's still very obviously sad. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be full-on sobbing, breaking down every moment of the day to still carry that grief yeah. with you. To be you. in a pit of pain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So on to changes. Changes. Um, so my first change that I would suggest is that I wanted a longer period of time 
in between the setup of Sam and Jonah moving to Seattle and Jonah calling the hotline, I wanted to see how Sam was still grieving Maggie's death a year and a half later and Jonah's concern for his father, not just told about it. Mm -hmm. Because the way that it works in the movie is like Jonah calls and he's like, well, my dad is still grieving the death of my mom and I'm concerned about him. But we don't ever get anything like we don't get a scene or something that shows Mm -hmm. that that is the case. We're just kind of told. And so I wanted a reason to understand why Jonah was prompted to then call mm-hmm. the the hotline. Because mm-hmm. for me, it just was, like, a little bit random. So I would even be fine with some sort of scene like that replacing the kind, like, the long dinner scene that we see of Annie and Annie's family with introducing them to Walter or announcing their engagement. If, like, if it had to be one or the other, I would choose more of Sam and Jonah and that less also, of I family. was not a fan of that scene. If I were to, like, like, I feel like that's my, ch- like, agreeing kind of with you. I just, like, that was, like, it felt very awkward and, like, their conversation topic was, like, allergies or something. But it was just, like, weird. Yeah, I think maybe that's the point to show that they've been together for a very long time, but they still don't really have chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if there ever was romance, which I think arguably there never was, but if there was, it's already died. Mm-hmm. I think it could, it could have been shorter. Yeah. Because then mm-hmm. I think that scene with her mom I agree with that. trying on the wedding dress accomplishes yeah. what the point of going to visit her family needs to accomplish. Yeah. Because yeah. she, it, it's like, oh, when I met your father, there was just a spark. Like, there was a spark. There was magic. <laughs> and then that sort of sets off Annie in the, like, well, is there magic between me and Walter? I don't think so. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah. Even if it was, like, a scene that was literally, that was just, like, they get home from dinner or something, or, like, um, Jonah's gonna, like, go, like, ask his dad something, and he's just, like, hears his dad, like, crying or something. Like, maybe we don't even have to, like, see his emotion, but, like, hear it, seeing it through Jonah's eyes. Yeah. I don't know about that, but, like, something to that effect. Or, like, seeing, like, not that I want a montage of them moving, but a montage of them moving slash getting rid of stuff could could have been accomplished. Yeah. What, what I'm trying to yeah put on. <laughs> Just more of, like showing and not telling yeah. about the grief that Sam is still struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing I kind of have is, like, a lot of changes that kind of all link to, like, one big thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not as major as it might seem, based on my notes. Um, but one thing that was a little bit hard about the movie it's not hard about it but you have to admit when you're watching the movie even if it's like a classic movie that you absolutely love like the whole kind of falling in love with a stranger that you hear over a radio show and then like kind of becoming obsessed with him is a little bit strange (laughs) a little bit creepy yeah just a little bit which i don't think it makes it bad and it's like it's a movie it's fine it's a 
it's supposed to be this kind of whirlwind romance. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're supposed to spe- suspend your disbelief. Yes. I mean, that's the point of the movie, is to suspend disbelief. But. However, for me, mm-hmm. it being that kind of drastic, like, they live literally across the country from each other, that makes it, that made it a little bit hard for me to su- suspend my disbelief. So my big change that I would make if I was rewriting the script is that I would have Annie already live in Seattle or somewhere Seattle adjacent like maybe Mm -hmm. Portland maybe another like larger city in that area so it's less of a distance in between the two plus that would help make their like forever believable because like they live on two opposite ends of like the United States yeah at the point in which well pretty much um at like the time and technology they wouldn't be able to like really con- you can't really do long distance yeah like at you that can do time. like they have letters obviously which yeah. they show but it's like mm-hmm. after they you know walk off into the sunset together it's sort of the question of like okay what happens now she lives in baltimore her entire family is in Balt is in yeah, it might be mm-hmm. part of it is because they just recently moved to Seattle that they're not attached to Seattle, mm-hmm. so that it would make sense that Sam would move to Baltimore. But Sam also has a kid, so that makes moving a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. but that kid just moved there. And yeah. I and it, I I kind of but, yeah. But that it would make more sense for the transition period, or for her to even think this was realistic, mm-hmm. yeah. if it was closer. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy Seattle, like, as a setting. Like, I yeah. think, like, the the rain and the, the, the water, mm-hmm. like, kind of enhances both the romance and the court kind of yeah. sort of, like, sorrowfulness mm-hmm. of some of the stuff that they deal with. It rains nine months out of the year. Yeah. yeah. My, both sides of my family are all from Washington State. Hmm. And so I'm like, rain's in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> Rains in my blood. Rains in my blood. That's a sound bite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I know that that, like, the kind of the point of the movie is, like, suspending your disbelief with right. the kind of, like, well, they're flying back and forth to each other, and it's, like, a big deal because they're so far apart, but it's still, like, they're still able to find each other at the end. Mm-hmm. But I just think I would have liked it more, and I would have been able to, like, be, like skirt around the sort of kind of implied creepiness of it a yeah. little bit more. It, but again, it's not Just really that, that if it was issue. like a city over and she could be like, well, yeah. if they somehow just ran into him mm-hmm. on a whim, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I also think that this would allow for Sam to... Something that happens through the, in the movie that they kind of like I don't think do a amazing job at it's like kind of implied that like sam keeps seeing annie around seattle like he Mm -hmm. sees her in the airport he sees her across the street and then he sees her again for the third time in new york when they're at the top of the empire state building well i think would have like added to the kind of like they're meant for each other thing is he doesn't realize that she's Annie from the letters, Mm -hmm. but he keeps seeing her in Seattle, like, all the time. Right. And, like, at restaurants, across the street, whatever. And he's, like, fascinated with her, obviously, because she's very pretty, but he's never able to, like, actually meet her. And so that makes their, like, final meeting 
more impactful because it's like they're like this close to each other like the entire time Mm -hmm. but they just Mm -hmm. keep missing each other and it's like she kind of like she knows who she's looking for but she doesn't really know like what he looks like I know that she asks for like a photo from the person but like maybe he sees maybe like they keep running into each other before she knows what he looks like but he keeps seeing her and recognizing her so it just is like they're this close. Yeah, like, they both mm. work at Seattle, like, at Seattle, in, in, <laughs> in Seattle. Seattle, yeah, and, yeah, well, they, like, work, like, across the street mm-hmm. from each other. But maybe it, like, if they didn't, like, change, like, the location, she could be a news reporter instead of, like, a journalist, which arguably do somewhat similar things, um, but she could be on TV, so she, she continues to be on yeah something i i wanted watches her yeah i wanted him to like Mm -hmm. find her more often than yeah and him is sort of like mirroring that kind of like sort of fascination fascination that Mm -hmm. she also has for him so then it's like less one-sided and a little less weird yeah um kind of what you said if the location was moved Mm-hmm. I would still make her, like, some sort of journalist of some kind, but I think it would make more sense if she was then assigned working, because she works for, like, a newspaper in Seattle, she's yeah. assigned a story about this Seattle man who's mm-hmm. kind of, like, taken the wor- taken the whole of America by storm with right. his, mm-hmm. his interview on the radio show. So then when she goes in search of him to try and, like, get in to talk about the story it like makes a little bit more sense because then she's not flying across the country she's just trying to find somebody who already lives in the city that she lives in yeah also um i as much as i'd like that i would not change anything about her workplace like i don't want to have like the boss character that is either telling her she cannot do the story or she has to do the story yeah just be like hey like like asking for volunteers and she kind of jumps at the chance mm -hmm. to like or just no do boss it. character and she just decides she wants yeah. to do it. Yeah. Like, do kind of what they did where it was, like, she just tells her, her being, like, if I'm doing a report on someone, I might have to, like, fly there. And then she's, like, you might have to. And then she does. Yeah. The repressed like, journalist who, like, can't write stories about what they want is, like, yeah. overused. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No changes there. Mm-hmm. Um, my second change that also adds is, a like, a continuation of what i was saying mm-hmm. is that i would add another meaning to sleep to the actual title sleepless in seattle it's called that because that's the name that like sam gets stuck with on the radio show because it's like an anonymous radio show so they call like the the participants the yeah. interviewees like blank in blank city so he's sleepless in seattle because he's staying up late thinking about his wife um also kind of to add on to that all like the names are correlated so it's like sleepless in seattle so like the first letter of each like word so it's like blank in blank or correspondence like the state so i can't really yeah it's like loveless in long island Mm -hmm. yeah break up break up in baltimore baltimore yeah Yeah. it's kind of like a funny yeah. like name yeah. scheme that they kind of go with i would add on to this um by having both annie and sam like as kind of insomniacs so mm-hmm. sam is already established to be like a 
Like, he stays up late thinking about his right. wife. I would also have Annie mm-hmm. be like some sort of, like, like, she has trouble sleeping. And so instead of, like, sort of on the car ride, on a long nighttime car ride back to wherever she lives, she ends up hearing his interview because she can't sleep. And so she Aww. always, she kind of turns on this, like, radio show that she likes. Mm-hmm. And she ends up hearing what he has to say about his wife. The only yeah. flaw with that is she's, like, her and Walter sleep in the same bed. So. Well, she was listening to it. He has those, like, all that stuff because of his allergies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he probably couldn't hear it over the, or there could be a scene where he's like, well, I'm going to head up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would have it so, like, he knows that she doesn't sleep. She's kind of able to just, like, she either, you know, r- ruminates in the kitchen yeah. or... I also added, like, maybe she kind of, like, she wanders around Seattle, like, at night. Yeah, kind of like a cool. Like, yeah. a in the rain and it's the beautiful. The night drive or, yeah, yeah. night walk. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. She ends up hearing the interview that introduces her to Sam's existence because she's also sleepless in Seattle. Um, And then maybe the first time that Sam ever catches a glimpse of her as, like, this mystery woman that he's captivated by is when they're both, like, unable to sleep. Maybe he's on his, like, porch on the dock that they live on, Mm -hmm. and he's got, like... I don't know, maybe, like, binoculars, and he, like, looking out at the city or the stars, and maybe he sees, like, a woman on a bridge, like, that bridge that they live across from, or on On another dock, on another dock, and he's, like, he doesn't think about it at all, but he, like, kind of, you know, he kind of, like, pauses on her, because he's, like, oh, Mm -hmm. there's just a random woman, but then he kind of starts to see her more and more around the city, and so she, he is, like, who's this woman? So, I would tie that name up with a nice little bow because when i first heard the name sleepless in seattle that's like kind of what i thought Mm. like it was like Mm -hmm. well they're gonna meet each other at night then right because they're both sleepless in (laughs) seattle so i would yeah that's what i would do to make that um fit in um that this whole thing about changing the location to just Seattle would then, like, make Annie's investigation to Sam a little more realistic because then mm-hmm. she could, like, it would feasibly yeah. make sense It's like a local celebrity. I mean, obviously a lot of celebrities live in Seattle, but, like, it's a little bit more, like, people in Seattle would have definitely heard this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they even talk about it, too, how, like, one person heard it and then told all their friends and it was, like, something in, like, their workplace or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing that the, the, like, moving it to Seattle, like, really impacts is, like, the meeting at the Empire State Building. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, like, not sure if I would change the location, like, the Space Needle or something, or if I would just, like, keep it the Empire State Building. I mean, part of the Empire, part of the reason of the Empire State Building is that the friend tells her that as she's watching a movie that is about the Empire State Building, so I feel like that wouldn't change. And then, honestly, it could still just be the Empire State Building, where her and her... where Walter is like, I want to take you somewhere nice. Let's go to New York. Or, yeah, his family's from New York or something. And so she knows she's going to be there around Mm -hmm. New Year's, and then this is her favorite movie and, like, the most romantic ending. And then she could be like, I'm going to be... 
in New York during this time, mm-hmm. we should meet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very. I feel like that's persuasive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it. So that could, like, the, the meeting place could stay yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, and it would also work in that, like, she's gonna throw the le- the letter in the trash anyway, so it's mm-hmm. like, she's like, well, I'll just pick a, you know, a really random meeting spot, like an outlandish meeting spot that would probably right. never happen. But then she ends up receiving a response back when, after her friend uh, Becky, like, sends it, yeah. sends it. so mm-hmm. it would just kind of add to, like that i think that moving it to seattle like yes it helps the story a little bit or moving her to seattle helps the story a little bit but i feel like it more so just helps like the believability that they would last together afterwards like after meeting at the empire state they're like oh you live in seattle also cool we can be happy blah 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 yeah i think it would maybe then add to sort of like the like he they're originally from chicago and he ends up moving to the place that, like, this woman is from. So it's sort of like destiny that, right. like, sh- they end up, they all end up mm-hmm. in Seattle. And I think that, like, having her be from a place that is, like, like you said, like, this kind of, it's rainy, there's the water, yeah. it's a very pretty city. Yeah. Um, it sort of adds to, like, her... Like, she kind of has, like, this romanticized idea about what yeah. love could be, but she also kind of feels, like, this somber, somberness that, like, it's not yeah. possible, so it's, mm-hmm. like, I can just kind of imagine, like, a, like, a scene, it's, like, she's just, like, walking around, and it's yeah. a little bit, like, the ground is wet, and all the lights are, like, yeah. glaring, and yeah. she's just thinking about, like, what could be, and what she already has, but what she actually wants... I don't know. Yeah. I think it would just... No, I I agree. No. If you've ever seen While You Were Sleeping, they kind of do that with Chicago, mm-hmm. where it's like, it's snowing, and she's walking, and she, um, she's like alone on Christmas, and she's been alone on all these Christmases. So, like, she has that like, oh, it's Christmas, this is hopeful, but also like, I'm cold and I'm alone. And that's like, so when you were saying that, I just imagined insert that scene, but with Meg Ryan's face instead of Snow is Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, let me just... Sort of, like, giving... Insert the... Meg Ryan. Yeah. Insert Meg Ryan. Like, giving the characters, like, a kind of emotional connection to, like, Seattle specifically yeah. as a city. Mm-hmm. It's because... a character of itself. Yeah. It's, yeah. I always love it when movies do that. It's like, <laughs> the <laughs> location is also a character. Was it movie. actually filmed in Seattle? I don't think so. A lot of the times... They're not filmed and yeah, but probably somewhere Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. just because that weather. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's the one time I'm counting on rain. Maybe it's an Oregon instead of yeah, Washington. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So that's like really all my changes. Like I just, I really just think that like a specific location would. Like, having one location. Because Seattle's a big city. Yeah. It's st- it's still, like, hard to find one specific person in a large city. So it's, like, mm-hmm. I think that if even if you scale it down, you can get that feel of, like, we've come so... Like, we've come from, like, a big distance to, like, mm-hmm. m- meet each other. 
and we've been like right past each other yeah. for so long. I think that that still works, and I don't think that it actually mm-hmm. like impacts anything like important to the story. It doesn't yeah. change. It doesn't change the characters. It doesn't change really anything about the plot, um, except for like minor things like how far they have to travel yeah. for certain mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's it for what I have to say. Good movie. Good movie. Great yeah. movie. It's more than a popcorn movie. It's more More than than a popcorn popcorn movie. movie. It is the most balanced... It's one of the most balanced Mm rom-coms, I'd say. Another one is You Got Mail as well, but I think... Honestly, like, 1990 to, like, 2005 did rom-coms the best, and I continue to say that. Yeah, but it's... If you're feeling sad, lonely, if you're loveless in Long Island... Watch this movie. <laughs> True. Yeah. Sleepless in Seattle. For the the hopeful romantic. The hopeful. Yeah. Yes. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for us. And as we always say at the end of our podcast, we truly wouldn't change a thing because then we would be out of a job. Bye. <laughs>